Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Holly Bay. Today is September 19th, 2020. Kickoff is tomorrow with the Carolina Panthers at 1 p.m. We're going to talk about that game coming up. But first, we got to cover some some mess. We got to cover last week's game. Now, unfortunately, the game film did not come out until Thursday. Thursday. That really threw me behind. I have been spending the past three days working on this game film, trying to get it out. Uh, working on the video now, but I did get the game film completely analyzed today around three o'clock. I think it was four o'clock. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. Some very, very surprising things. Now, normally when we talk about games, we talk about, did we win it? Did we lose it? Did we get beat? Or did the refs Screw us. Uh, Which one do you think it is this time, Molly? Uh, the amount of griping I've heard from you, I would say the refs. You would be correct. Yes. <laughs> you win the prize. Yay! Bucks Nation, I'm going to say this, and I'm not saying this lightly, and I'm not being hyperbolic on this one. We got screwed badly. Badly. This is the worst refereeing game I have ever, ever watched by a large margin. That's saying something, because if you've watched this podcast, I have I have ripped into the refs a few times. Uh, this is worse than the Tennessee game last year. This is worse than the Redskins game a few years ago. The whole, you like that? Redskins game, where we just got totally screwed by the refs. Now, what am I talking about when I say that? They called plenty of penalties. I mean, we're the league lead in penalties. The Saints are the lead leaguers in penalty yardage. So what am I talking about? I mean, they called plenty of penalties, right? There's something you might notice about the penalties. Not a single holding call. Not one. The refs did not call one single holding penalty. Not one. On either side? On either side. Interesting. Now, I'm not sure I've ever seen a game that that's happened. I know. <laughs> I'm sure it has, but I can't right. think of one right off the top of my head. Apparently, the Saints figured that out at about the uh, middle of the second quarter. And they just went on a holding spree. We lost this game because the Saints cheated. Flat out point blank cheating bastards they held 19 times that i counted and i'm not talking about little cheeky holds where you go eh, was that a hold was that not a hold i don't know i can't really tell i'm talking about flat out holding grabbing jerseys pulling guys to the ground 19 times uncalled penalties for holding. That's just for holding. <laughs> 19. And I'm being generous with that. I'm being 100% generous with that. I'm not calling ticky-tack holdings. I'm not calling holdings where you're 
You're like, ah, well, you know, that's your typical lineman holding stuff, you know. No, these were blatant, outright bad holdings. There was a couple of guys that were uh, masters at it, I guess you would say. 87. Uh, Jared Cook, the tight end. Jared Cook. He racked up a ton of yardage. Yes. He was, he, he just held almost every every play he was out there blocking. It, it was a travesty. As, as Saints fans, I'd be embarrassed for this win. I, I, I would be embarrassed for this win. You go back and you look at the game film and you watch these guys. It is, I, I, some, somebody needs somebody needs to talk to Goodell or somebody about this officiating because that was that was a tragedy. Travesty? Travesty? Travesty. Travesty. There we go. Uh, You're so upset you can't even remember words. Yeah, you know, I mean, Molly could tell you. I I have been pacing. I've been angry. I've been mad. You know, I'll watch the game and you know get, go through a couple of plays, and I'll have to get up and walk away. You know, because I'm just I'm furious. I'm like I cannot believe. And a lot of these calls were right in front of the officials. They decided before the game they were not going to call any holding penalties. And I mean, it was like it didn't matter. A guy could be. Two hands pulling with a jersey and yanking the guy back and forth right in front of the official staring right at it. And they're not going to throw a flag. And these penalties happened on almost every single play that you can think of where the Bucks got beat. So we definitely didn't win this game. We didn't lose this game. The refs screwed us in this game. Penalties weren't the only thing. Remember those uh, false starts? Remember Vita Vea going across the line yeah. of scrimmage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Drew Brees false started on that. He's good at that. Yeah. He false started on that. And you could tell it's something he's practiced. Uh, as a receiver was going into motion, he looked over, he was looking over at the receiver, and then he turned his head back and face forward. And when he did it, he dropped. His whole body just dropped. Like, and it's just like a little twitch, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but when you see it, when you get it pointed out to you and you look at it, you go, how in the world did they not see this? I mean, the quarterback is not allowed to simulate any sudden movement or simulate the snap. Yeah, I think that uh, I can recall Philip Rivers getting called for that with San Diego with a little head head thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. That he did. Yeah, normally they're pretty, pretty intense with the... You know, the quarterback's not allowed to do a whole lot of movement back there. Mm-hmm. But I'll be darned if he didn't, he turned his head. And as he turned his head, as soon as his head got set straight, he he lowered his butt. And it looked like he was preparing for a snap. Just like this. Just like that. That's, and, that's what and it And Vita like. came across. Not only Vita. Golston came across too. And Sue, all three of the guys that were right there over the center jumped. Sue didn't go across the line. He caught himself. But the other two went across the line. They called it on Vita. Hmm. So there was that one. Then there was the one where Sue jumped across and he was encroachment or whatever it is. Uh, Breeze was in the shotgun and he had his hands out like this and he went like that. You're not allowed to do that. He put his arms out like that, simulating a snap. And Sue so for people across. listening, Ralph is moving his hands. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there watching myself on screen, and like, trying to get my See hands in position. Right, right, right. 
Uh, so that happened. It happened three times where there was three quarterback false starts that were not called. And then there was a pass interference during the game that wasn't called as well. Uh, I, I can't remember when it was. I, I've got it written now. So anyhow, oh, and then one hands to the face, too. There was a hand to the face. Blatant hands to the face. I mean, they pushed a guy back by his helmet. I can't remember who it was. Nacho, I think, got, mm. got his head pushed back. I mean, you can see him. He's like this. Almost the whole play. And they didn't call it. So that's that's 24, 24 uncalled penalties against the Saints. 24. Could you imagine if they would have called just half of them? There would have been 12 penalties. I mean, it was ridiculous. I, I, I really went into this game watching the game film thinking that, you know, I was going to see some uh, – Really good back and forth between the teams. Now, there was a couple of plays I saw during the game live where I was like, Man, you know, that that didn't look right. You know, the, the Kamar, when he ran in untouched, he ran to the left end untouched for the first touchdown they got. That was when they – that was that drive is when they decided that they were like, hey, these refs aren't calling holding, so let's just hold. I mean, they held that whole drive. But on that play in particular, and I even called Molly in to show her this one, the, we had uh, – I want to say it was Vita was held. And then as Kamar was going around, he reaches out and grabs Kamar. It was real brief, but he grabs Kamar and kind of throws him off balance. So that was holding too, but that was on Vita. And then Kamar regains his balance. He goes out, catches the pass. He's going. Uh, a lineman blocks one of our guys in the back, but it was within the five yards of scrimmage. So, you know, they, they're they're so iffy with those. No, I think they were closer to the end zone. Oh yeah, no, no, I th- mean, no, it was within five yards of the line of scrimmage, uh, but it was okay. way so over on the sideline. Called. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, the refs sometimes call it, sometimes they don't. But I mean, it was a blatant block in the back. Yeah. But then, and I want to say it was twenty three was coming over to tackle Alvin Kamara. Or thirty three. I can't remember. And. One of the linemen just reaches out, grabs him by the front of the jersey, and just yanks him straight down. I mean, you could see it. You yeah, could, like tackled him, basically. Yeah, t- just pulled him straight down. And then as Kamara's running towards the end zone, uh, one of the cornerbacks, I, I want to say it was Jamal Dean, starts to run over to go and try and tackle him, and the raw receiver that was covering him, I, I want to say it was number 10, just grabs him by the jersey and holds him. And you could see, it's point blank, and there's a ref standing right there. The jersey is pulled completely out. It's just so blatant. And the the guy's just holding it, and he couldn't get over to make the tackle. And that's why Kamara went in untouched. The same thing happened with Kamara's later touchdown when he ran to the right. It was holding. Kamara went right in. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if... The players decided on this, but I'm going to say, based on some of the stuff that I saw, that it was coached. Now, you've heard a lot about why we didn't have a pass rush in this game, that our pass rush needs to get better. And I'm going to try to touch on all the things that people groused about with the Buccaneers after the game. But our pass rush was kind of non-existent, especially Barrett, right? Barrett was one of the people that was held the most. They were holding him all the time. But this one play in particular where I – it made me go, wow, they are coaching these guys to do this. I want to say, yeah, it was Taysom Hill. 
is blocking Shaq Barrett. Now that right there, you're like, no, Taysom Hill. Like, why the hell would you even do that as a coach? Why would you make that call? (laughs) Well, if you have him hold, he could do it. So he does. He immediately comes off the line, grabs hold of Barrett, and twists him around. And then I want to say it was number ten again. Wide receiver, he was in motion. He comes around and he cuts behind Barrett. And as he cuts, he grabs hold of the back of Barrett's jersey and pulls him. So you've got two guys holding Shaquille Barrett as the the play ends up running that away. And that, to me, showed, hey, they coached. That was planned. Mm -hmm. That was planned. And it had to have been coached. I mean, there's no way these guys are sitting on the sidelines going, okay, let's let's develop this plan so we can hold Shaq Barrett. No, that was coached. And it, I was just furious this whole game. Almost every play I was seeing this. And there was a lot of plays I saw where it looked like holding, but I didn't. I was like, okay, I'm not going to mark that one down or save it as video because you can't see it that well. <clears throat> these uh, 19 are only ones where you can look at and you go, that's definitely holding. No doubt about it. That's definitely holding. So, Saints fans, I'd be embarrassed by this win. Buccaneer fans, be pissed off at the media, at the Buccaneers media. I'm, I'm, I'm done with these people. I'm completely done with them. You know what they're talking about? They're talking about Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. They're still talking about that mess. You know, whether that's going to be a rift between the two. You know, it's, it's, it's like... It's like soap opera drama. You know, if these media guys paid attention to the games or paid attention to the game film, they would be just as livid as I will. And they would be asking the coach, what can we do about this? What are you going to do? That was blatant disregard for the game, the rules of the game. And they're not. They, I looked at every single media article, every single tweet, not a single person mentioned holding, not a single one, none of them. And to me, that's the biggest story of this game, by far, by far. Now, if you don't believe me, I'm going to have a video out. I might not have it out. I'm I'm calling it a day today. I've been working on this stuff for three days straight. So it'll probably be out Monday, but I'm going to show some of the holding. I ain't going to show all of it because it would be a long video. It would be almost as long as the damn game. But I'm going to show you, and you'll see. You'll see. This This was just bad, bad. So... Anyhow. Are you going to talk about Ryan Smith? Oh, yeah, yeah. They held Ryan Smith. You know, Ryan Smith, I talk about him. He is he is our special teams guru. Have you did you notice that they got great uh, field advantage? Oh, yeah, they're I have that actually in my notes on him. Yeah, great field advantage. You know why? Because they held Ryan Smith every single time. Every time. And so we on average, we averaged um, on the 18.1 yard line for special teams. And New Orleans averaged on the 33.8 yard line. 33.8 and? 18. 18. Now, not to knock the returner, DeAndre. Deontay Harris. Deontay Harris. He's really, really good. I mean, the guy's like a joystick. (laughs) There was a couple plays. I was just like, I don't, I even called Molly at one time. I was like, you have got to see this guy move. He's just incredible. I mean, he stopped. He was running a full speed, stopped on a dime and cut at a 45-degree angle running at full, at full speed and evaded five tacklers. I was just like, holy crap. But a lot of that is because they held Ryan Smith and he couldn't get there to tackle the guy. 
Yeah, there was one play where they had two guys on Ryan Smith and they're all moving the three of them in unison because both Saints guys are holding. have Ryan Smith by the jersey mm-hmm. and they're all moving in just one unit. Yeah, and, and they were like like grouped together, bunched up. They had him like pulled to them and they were just moving him around. And Ryan Smith is one of the few guys. Ryan Smith and Will Golston are the two guys that I can think of right at the top of my head that kind of called out the holding, you know, they would, they turned around to the guys, Ryan Smith turned around and he, you know, he wagged his finger at the guys, you know, he's like, Hey, enough of that. And Golston, Golston got pissed and started really hitting guys. And, and <laughs> there was one play he got held and uh, broke free. No, he got held to play before on this play. He, he broke free of his tackle and, uh, I want to say it was Domicon Sue and 71, the, their often one of their offensive linemen were locked up and the, the lineman was holding Sue and Golston runs all the way down the line at full speed and slams into him. <laughs> yes. And then uh, this one time this guy's holding Golston and Golston picks him up and turns him around and slams him on the ground and gets up in his wow. face. You could tell he was, he was not saying good job, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You love to see it. But Shaq Barrett was getting held a lot, and he just seemed very, very despondent. The, the, almost the whole game, he just seemed very, you know, just kind of like, oh, gosh. Another reason for that, I'm going to move on from the holding here. Another reason for that is Shaq Barrett was not playing his normal role this game. This this was a very, very strange game. It was very fascinating. There was a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to look at and it was it was just almost every play it was just like whoa or what the uh. and Shaq Barrett and I had said this in our last podcast I said it seemed like Shaq Barrett went back into coverage a lot I said I saw a handful of times five six times which is unusual usually they'll do it one two three times a game you know how many times he did it this time let me guess seven 13 good lord yes why? He was on the field for 60 plays. He dropped back into coverage 13 times. That's, uh, what, 22%. 22%. So he was not rushing a lot. Why? Well, I don't know. Well, I have my theories. Uh, one is Drew Brees is just so hard to get to, and even if you do get to him, he throws the ball, he'll throw it in the dirt, whatever. Uh, so they figured the best thing to do was confuse you know, the the coverage and then have JPP and Shaq Barrett go out into coverage. And sometimes they would have uh, Levante David and uh, Devin White come in and rush in their place up through the middle. And sometimes they would just let three guys rush and drop the two back. Sometimes they would just drop Barrett back. Sometimes they just drop JPP back. JPP drops back eight times. And Shaquille Barrett drops back 13 times. Now, one of the things they did was they had Shaquille Barrett would cover Kamara. When Kamara would go out for the swing passes or whatever, mm-hmm. Shaquille Barrett would run over to him and bump him off his route. Huh. And then he would rush back to the quarterback. So it was it was very strange. It was very unusual. They, they, our defense did a lot of, lot of unusual stuff. Do you that. think it was effective, him doing that? Uh, you know, it, it wasn't effective as far as the pass rush is concerned. But when you look at the numbers, man, we, you know, we we did a really good job holding them. Yeah, I was looking at where we ranked 
it, for the game preview, as far as our offense, I don't even want to talk about, but the defense, I think the pass defense was like sixth and the rush defense was like seventh. I might have inverted them, but they're both top 10. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. We didn't blitz hardly at all. I can only recall one blitz. I didn't keep track of the blitzes, but I can only recall one where we rushed six. And that's when we yeah, got that Yeah, and I mean, with Drew Brees, it's so pointless because well, he's so fast. Th- that one worked perfectly. Oh. JPP came up the middle untouched and slammed Drew Brees. Is that Brees. where he got his sack? Yes. Okay. It was beautiful. It, I mean, he he took, he decleated Drew Brees, took him <laughs> off his feet, and slammed him into the ground. Well, that's because he's like 50 pounds. <laughs> Tiny little guy. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And then there was, uh, you know, Tom Brady got called for the intentional grounding. And it was. It was intentional grounding. And we've talked about this on the podcast all the time, how Drew Brees will, he should get called intentional grounding two or three times a game, but he never does. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they just always give him the benefit of the doubt. And he threw the ball one time right in the dirt and they didn't call intentional grounding. They said that because there was a receiver in the area. Now I hate that. And that's, you know, it's, it's so subjective, so subjective. You know, there's no definition. There's no limit. You know, is it five yards around the receiver mm-hmm. or whatever? I calculated the ball was 24 feet away from the receiver. What the fuck? 24 feet. It hit the ground 24 feet away from the receiver. And they said that was in the area. I was just like, wow. And that was the one where Levante David had him in his grasp when Drew Brees was going down and just chunked it. And that's the the problem is when a sack is imminent. Like, how is that not imminent? Right. That's how it should be. Right. You know, if you're getting sacked and you throw the ball – it should be intentional grounding. You know, I mean, unless it's, you know, it, where it's obvious it's for, but Drew Brees does that. Everybody knows it. It's mm-hmm. like, he's not trying to throw it to the receiver. He's just trying to throw it near a receiver in yeah. the dirt. And that's the very definition of intentional mm-hmm. grounding. That's the intention of the rule. Right. Cheating bastards. <laughs> All right. Let's move on a little bit. Talk about some more things. Uh, one of the big things that I've heard, and, and we talked about it too, was Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith had a horrible game, is what everybody says. You know, we need to, we need to. Even BA called him out. Yes, yes. Well, it's very strange because watching the game film, it wasn't that horrible. He had four bad plays. Okay, let me ask you if that just because the bar is low for Donovan. Yeah, well, you know, granted, uh, it kind of looked like Donovan of old. Okay. Uh, but, you know, for the for the most of the game, you know, he played great. He, I, well, I wouldn't say great, but he, he played well. He did his job. But he had four plays that were bad. Three, he got beat. And he got beat by three different guys. He got beat by 94, 91, and 96. And then he had a false start. Those were his four bad plays. So he got beat three times. That's it. That's it. Well, one of them led to a strip sack, mm. but Tom Brady was able to recover that one. Um, Donovan Smith did not play as bad as you would think, you know, when you hear everybody talking about it. I mean, I always say with especially left tackles, zero to one mistakes a game is elite. You know, two to three is average. Four and more that's, you know, not that good. Uh, Thomas Smith got beat three times. Now, the one time, the first time he got beat wasn't his fault. And, we, and I had talked about this at the in the instant reaction right after the game. Uh, number 10, Scotty Miller was running a, 
going into motion, and Brady snaps the ball, and Scotty Miller runs right into the back of Donovan Smith, knocking him off his guy. That was not Donovan Smith's fault. So, you know, it, 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 uh, Brady ended up getting sacked on that play by Donovan Smith's guy, but it wasn't Donovan Smith's fault. I mean, he got knocked off his guy by Scotty Miller. It was a, it was a weird play. He just ran right into the back of him. Then Donovan Smith started playing bad for a series after he went for a block and missed. He was he was trying to chip block somebody uh-huh. to the right, and he missed the guy and did his arms out like Superman oh my and belly flopped right on the <laughs> ground. And it, it looked painful. And, and he actually bounced. He was oh like, boom, God. boom, off the ground on his stomach. And he rolled over like he was in pain. And then the plays right after that, he did not play so well. Uh, so you know, I think pride he was, was hurt a little bit. Uh, after I that think one. he had got the wind knocked out of him by his own mass. So you know, Donovan Smith was not the problem with this game at all, really, at all. Uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady played fantastic. Uh, some of those throws were were incredible, incredible. Throws. Yeah, when we watched the game, the condensed version. A second time, it did not look as bad as it did. Yeah, yeah. On the initial watch, I mean, there was like a series where just everything started going wrong. It was like the pick six and the block punt, and mm-hmm. you know all mm-hmm. this stuff like right in a row, and it was just like yeah. just a cascade of unfortunate events. Well, we were we were within a touchdown in the fourth quarter, uh, and then we had the. The, the they scored a touchdown. Wait a minute, how'd it go? I can't remember. They they scored a touchdown and then, then they kicked the ball and then we had the muff punt. Yeah. The touchdown was scored uh because oh gosh, who was it? That somebody missed the tackle and then was called for a face mask. And I looked at it and I looked at this thing a hundred different times and I did not see face mask. He grabbed the guy like right here, and the guy's head turned. It looked like a face mask, but you do not see that guy's hands on his face mask. So, again, us getting screwed by the the refs. And what happened is that was a 15-yard penalty. It was assessed on the kickoff. So they were already they were upset. Right. So what they did is they did one of those uh, mortar kickoffs. So they just kicked it really high, and it came down. And uh, Mike Edwards ran over, thought he was going to catch the ball. Uh. And then, yeah, that was... A mess there. Our so, special teams were just disastrous. I felt like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that gave them a, a, a twenty-one point lead at that point. I think it was, but up until the fourth quarter, you know, right in the fourth quarter, we were in this game, and then boom, boom, it was just like back-to-back screw-ups. Now, when I say the refs cost us the game, it definitely cost us the game. No, no doubt about that. Uh, right behind that, though would be us losing the game. <laughs> we had a lot of screw-ups. Uh, we had uh, my boy Whitehead with the blown coverage on Hill to start the game. I think it was the, one of their first plays. I think you know, it was their first play. Uh, then you had the Brady pick six. That was completely Brady's fault. Uh, you, well, didn't they say that was Mike Evans? Yeah, no, that was wrong. a different one. That was an interception. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't. But it was a bunch of stuff like that where we mm-hmm. screwed up. It wasn't the Saints beating us. It was we threw up on that pick six. Also, Brady actually threw the ball behind the guy. Uh, it was it was a bad pass by Brady, and it was really weird because it was a designed screen. 
I don't know why Brady decided to throw it over there. You know, the, the, the Saints were playing off coverage, so I guess he figured he would have enough time to get the ball over there before they closed in on, I think it was Justin Watson. But the play was a design screen to the left. Hmm. The blockers, you know, let their guys go through and they ran, the linemen, they ran over to the left and uh, I think it was LaShawn McCoy was back there and he went out for a pass and they're all standing. There's four guys standing over there on the left with nobody over there watching this pick six happen. They're like, what Uh, What the heck just happened? You were supposed to throw it over here. For some reason, Brady decided to throw it over there and he decided immediately. He snapped the ball, just turned around and threw it. And it was, I think, the only inaccurate pass Brady threw during the day. He should have thrown it more in front of Justin Watson and it was behind Justin Watson to where he had to spin around to try and catch it. And that's when you see Janoris Jenkins jump up in the air and catch it and take it in. So, you know, we had quite a bit of that. We had some uh, missed tackles. Uh, Jamal Dean did not play well in coverage on a couple plays. He gave up a big one to Cook that just blew my mind. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, he, you know, he was playing off coverage with Cook and he let Cook run past him and he was turning around. Jamal Dean was turned around looking at Brady the whole time. And it looked to me, and this is how Jamal Dean plays, he was going to wait until the ball almost got there and then just jump up and catch it, bat it down or whatever. It's a, I mean, he tracked the ball all the way in the air. And then when it got to the point where he could have jumped up and batted it down, he just watched it fall right into Cook's hands. Mm. I was like, what is he doing? Why didn't you try to jump up? And it was. I mean, he was watching the ball the whole time. He was turned around looking at it, tracking the ball in the air. And just... I don't know what he was saying. <laughs> uh, and then he had another play uh, later on in the game where they got a first down they shouldn't have because he kind of screwed up his coverage. He was off the guy too far. Uh, then you had the Mike Edwards muff pump. You had the Kappa screwed up with the block field goal. Uh, that side, Kappa and Wirfs are on the left side for the uh, extra points, and they struggled every time. Uh, they get they got to work on that. They got to work on that. And Cameron Brate was over there too. All three of them. That's that's going to be a problem if they don't. And it wasn't that they they necessarily got beat or anything. They were just not in sync, mm-hmm. and guys were able to get through and stuff. Uh, then you had the the bad plays by Donovan Smith, uh, Mike Evans running the wrong route, and then he dropped the ball right in his hands. There there was a play he he was going across the middle. Brady threw a perfect pass. It actually hit him in the face. Oh, my God. It hit him in the face. It went through his hands, hit him in the face, bounced up in there. And then there were the, the nail in the coffin play was the blown coverage on Taysom Hill. Uh, he, where it, I'm sorry, this blown coverage on Kamara. It, it, I think it was in the fourth quarter. We were down by 10, I want to say. And it was a almost like a flea flicker. They – Mm-hmm. Drew Brees threw it to Taysom Hill or, or tossed it to Taysom Hill and Taysom Hill threw it to Kamara who was wide open uh, that was a screw up on our part but it was kind of a shocking play nobody expected it uh, we weren't prepared for it and I think I'm not sure that it was Whitehead who had that responsibility and screwed it up but nobody, you, nobody would have thought of that play I mean it was it was third and one I think it was it was very it was a very strange call at the time and it caught us off guard so 
Uh, that one there, you could say they beat us on that play. But other than that, pff, no, it was us screwing up, and it was the refs screwing up. But it, by far, it was the refs. By far, it was the refs. And I think our guys got very despondent because you saw it the first quarter. We were killing it. I mean, we mm-hmm. marched down the field and scored, and you know our defense held them. And uh, you know, then it was the, when they started holding, when they realized that the refs were not going to call any holding whatsoever, no matter what. They. They just started holding like it was a free-for-all. And we should have done the same thing. I'm not going to lie. I think uh, Arian should have called everybody over there and said, hold every play, everybody. Until they start calling holding, we need to do this too. And we didn't. So, and, and then there was the Scotty Miller running into the back of Donovan Smith. So it was a bunch of stuff like that. But, but no, the Saints did not beat us. The Saints did not beat us. Anybody that wants to say the Saints went out there and beat us, they're insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, no. If you would take if you take away the refs, chances are pretty good we would have beat them. And uh, even if we would have lost. Or if the refs had done their job. If the refs would have done their job, chances are pretty good we would have beat them. And even if they would have won and the refs would have called the game correctly, it would have been us beating ourselves. It wouldn't have been the Saints beating us. So the Saints, Saints fans, y'all didn't win this game. You got the help from the Zebras. All right. Um, can we talk about stuff that the team did well? Okay. Do you have anything like that? Uh, some good things you saw? Yeah, Tom Brady was great. You know what you know what was really great about him? Was his pocket presence. Was spectacular. I mean, you, you saw a play. We've been watching James Winston for five years. Mm-hmm. And you would see guys coming in, you know, the pocket looked like it's getting ready to collapse. And, you know, watching James Winston so long, you're thinking, oh, no, it's time to scramble. Not Brady. He would step up just as calm and cool and chunk it, or he would step up, look around, and run. Which he he ran more this game than I think I've ever seen him ran. Uh, he had the two quarterback sneaks, got his first down, got his touchdown, and then he had uh, a couple plays where he ran for like four or five yards. And both of the quarterback sneaks were audibles at the line. Did um did the offense look any different? Like no. game plan wise or play wise, no. like it was just we pop Brady in there. Just pop Brady in there. Okay. Yeah, because they they were talking like it would kind of be a hybrid. I did. I was expecting it too, but I didn't see hardly any plays that I went, oh, that's that's not typical Arians or Leftwich call. You know, I didn't see anything they threw in it. You know, the the drag routes, the crossing routes, the slants. I wanted to see more of that. I think I saw three. You know, and. It just you know that's Brady's bread and butter. They they got it. They got to start implementing those. Although you know we played well offensively, moving the ball down the field. You know, I'm not I'm not upset about that. That's going to keep going on. And the more these guys get in sync, and if Mike Evans can run the right routes and not have the football bounce off his face mask, some of those some of those passes were so beautiful by Brady. The one. Uh, I want to say it was in the first quarter. It was to Chris Godwin, and it was a uh, towards the sideline. He was being covered by DJ Swear Engine. That was one of the most beautiful passes I've ever seen. It was thirty yards downfield. It was at a bad angle. DJ, I mean, it had to have been thrown perfect, and it was thrown perfect. And it was, I mean, it was exactly right in Godwin's hands. Uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful pass, and all the bombs were spot on. And you know they we got a lot of uh, pass interference penalties called on them mm-hmm. because the balls were just so perfect. They had to, you know, it was either 
you know, get past interference or let the receiver catch the ball because, you know, they, weren't, they were not overthrown. They were not underthrown. They were not thrown badly. They were, every single one was perfect. Uh, let me see. 62 for the Saints. Nick Easton, he filled in for the rookie who got hurt, remember? Mm-hmm. He played pretty well, although he did a lot of holding. But he was, he was pretty chippy. Was he the center? No, the right guard. Right guard. Yeah. He's from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yeah. He was like one of their big acquisitions a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. He played pretty good. Uh, but it, it's hard to tell if, the, if their line played good because of all the dang holding. Right. I'm not going to lie. Well, I mean, their offensive line has always been yeah. top 10. Yeah. So. But we, we always give them all, you know, a run for their money. Or we did last year, anyhow. Uh, Winfield is really, really good. That guy. Oh, did, cool. He looks like a veteran out there. I'm he had, so excited about that. He had a couple that. of mistakes, but nothing. But I'm, no, I mean, this guy is, he's top tier. He's, he's, he's really good. Yeah, I mean, they loved him coming into this, and he won a starting job as a rookie. Yeah, it did. deservedly so. The guy, the guy does not play like a rookie. He plays like a six-year vet. Pack. Wow. Like I said, I mean, he made That's a couple incredible. mistakes. But yeah, it really is. Uh, I'm very, very impressed with him. And Worfs. Worfs is pretty good. I, I wouldn't say he you know, blew me away. He had, he had one. He got beat one time. That's it. That's uh, incredible. Yeah, it is pretty considering good. Considering what Donovan Smith did. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, left tackle, right tackle. Well, I know, but yeah. uh, the Salty Dogs had Tristan Wirfs on there, and uh, they were doing a Zoom call. Of course, it's a podcast, so you can't see the Zoom call, but uh, they were asking him what the coolest thing in his house was, or his apartment was, and he pulls up this tea thing that he got. Like, apparently, he's into teas. And Earl Grey and chai so tea. You were yeah. telling me that the other Which day. Which the guy, was Jeff, up. was like, oh, what kind I mean, do you like? Too bad he... you couldn't have gone to London with us last year. Like, <laughs> does he sit there with his little pinky out? Can you imagine having 300 something? And it's so funny with these guys when they yeah, have hobbies yeah. like this. Like yeah. like Ryan Jensen, he's got the meat hobby, which that's cool. Uh-huh. Like you get that because you're an offensive lineman. Like you eat <laughs> a lot. But it's just not something you would expect from a football player. I'm into tea. Yes, yes. But uh, Worfs did did very well. I was impressed. But I, here's a caveat. He had a lot of help. Okay. They made sure he had a lot of help. Well, I like that, too. Yeah. I think that's smart. Yeah, which, you know, again, you know, kind of hurts Donovan Smith because they couldn't give Donovan Smith a lot of help. You know, not, But not Donovan really shouldn't need, need a lot of help. Right, that's true. Uh, but speaking of that, Rob Gronkowski is a legitimate blocker. We finally have a blocking tight end. Yeah. O.J. Howard, of course, did his, I'll put my body in your way, but other than that. Yeah. Hey, I know everyone loves O.J. I'm not. I like you, but he's not. He's I don't not dislike him. I'm just like, I just, you know, for how long he's been with the team, I just feel like he should be a little further developed than he is. Yes. Um, Brady only missed seeing one open wide receiver, and that was Gronk, who was okay. wide open down the field, uh, which is a a huge difference between Jameis Winston. You know, he normally I think it was four open wide receivers a game that he would miss. Yeah, 
Something Brady like obviously hasn't been listening to our podcast. <laughs> he needs to start doing that because there was one play where Mike Evans realized he was going to be wide open. And guess what he did? Oh, throw his hand up. Threw his hand up in the air mm. and blew right past the safety. And he was wide open for a touchdown. Well, if, I do feel like Mike should go, hey, Tom, yeah. you should know when I throw my hand up, just chunk it. He should. Yeah. I have never, ever, ever seen... Mike Evans put his arm up where he was not open after that. It's it's he has a he, he knows when he's going to get open. So mm-hmm. he tells, but yeah, he was he was blazing down the field and he saw the safety just was not going to be able to keep up with him. So he threw his arm up and just shot right past him. I felt like Mike was so chippy this game, like aggressive. There was a lot and- of- yeah. Yeah, a lot of Jensen body slammed a couple guys. That's that's going to be in the <laughs> I things I noticed so video. I'm <laughs> I've got a couple of videos I'm going to put out. One is going to be on the penalties, and then the other one's going to be you know, the, the usual uh, things I found interesting. And it's going to be stuff like Ryan Jensen body slamming people. <laughs> yeah, he got a couple good pancakes in. Oh, what do you think about that Cam Jordan uh, punch in the pile? Yeah, it, it should have been a penalty, I think. Uh, you know, there was there was absolutely no sense. The whistle had already blown. Uh, you know, he just and it was a, it was a hard punch. It looked like if that would have connected with anybody, and it might have, you know, it would have caused some damage. It was, Somebody it showed the end zone angle, and it looked more like he might have been punching the ball. But if yeah, the, yeah, I if think the he, play was dead. It, it's irrelevant, right? Yeah, I mean, the refs were already running to the pile because they'd blown the whistle. Yeah. And, you know, he just, he just hauled, I mean, he threw a haymaker. He just came back and just yeah. punched right in the pile. And I thought Jensen was going to rip his head <laughs> off. What are you doing punching him? I love Jensen. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, he was definitely trying for the ball, but it was, yeah. it was, that was way uncalled for. But, of yeah. course, the ref didn't call flag. Right. So, uh, hold on one second. Yeah. I want to, I want to touch on Donovan Smith a little bit more. You know, I'm saying that Donovan Smith wasn't as bad as everybody makes him out to be, but you know, he he wasn't he wasn't good. He wasn't even average. He was below average. Now, the ones I say he had uh, three bad plays where he got beat. Those were just three bad plays he got beat that impacted the game, or, you know, impacted the play. He got beat like three other times that didn't have anything to do with the game or with the play. Uh, so, you know, he was. He was not playing very well. Uh, he actually even got tossed aside by a linebacker one time. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't really happy with Donovan Smith. And, you know, I, I agree with Aaron's. You know, the guy, he's got to step it up. He, he, we, he can't play like that. But I, th- I think Brady can handle it. You know, as long as Donovan Smith can just get in people's way long enough for, for him to do it. But uh, it was in the, uh, where was it? Oh, yeah, the first quarter, second quarter, around 540 is where Smith does his uh, Superman belly flop. Then right after that, he gets beat by 94. 94 makes a tackle for a loss. Then right after that, Ali Marpet pushes his man into the back of Donovan Smith, causing Donovan Smith to fall over top of him. Then right after that, Scotty Miller comes running across and runs in this Donovan Smith knocking him off his guy, uh, and his guy ended up getting the sack on Tom Brady. So, you know, that sounds like a sequence of events. Yeah, yeah. I think that series there really shook Donovan up, and, you know, he had a rough time uh, the rest of the game. Uh, You know, 
I say he had a rough time, but, you know, he held his own for the most part. But, you know, he would just – it was the Donovan Smith of old you see, we saw. You know, he just didn't hustle a lot. Uh, and he he would get beat but just bad footwork and technique and, you know, just kind of lazy, just kind of bleh, you know. And uh, so he he needs to step it up. Definitely needs to step it up. I swear to God, I've got so many notes for this game. I think this is the game I've, – I, I've taken more notes on this game than I've ever with any game. I got my spreadsheets going back up. I did that this year again. So that helps out a lot. But I mean, yeah, I've this. never seen one that's yeah. filled up that much. Yeah. It's it's rare if there's a play that I don't have notes on <laughs> with this game. So back to uh, summing it all up. If the referees screwed us. They should really come out and apologize and probably send every Buccaneer fans gift baskets. <laughs> It was, it was one of the worst refereeing game I've ever seen, and that's saying a lot because I've seen a lot of. And it was uh, Jerome Boger. We had talked about him and his yeah. crew. We really thought they would do better, but it, I, they had to. They had to have said before the game, "We're not calling any holding penalties, no matter what." They had to, because like I said, there would be holding right in front of them, right in front of the guy's jersey being pulled out three yards from his body, and they wouldn't call holding. There was no holds called in this game, and there was. Uh, 19 holds by the Saints that went uncalled, that were blatant holds. So anyhow, like I said, uh, we got screwed by the refs. Second level down was we beat ourselves. And then way, way, way down at the bottom is the Saints beat us. I, I, I don't even know. I'm not even going to say that. They say the Saints didn't beat us. Take all the rest of that away. That we would have beat the mess out of the Saints. So I'm I'm looking forward to that next matchup, and I guarantee you, all these guys that got back on that that plane or in the locker room or even during the game, I don't know, but they were like, "Were you getting held?" And it's like, "Yeah, I was getting held all the time." You know, I know Shaq Barrett is saying it because I mean they were just holding him like he was a, a swing set or something. Anyhow, all right, that's a that's gonna wrap it up for my summation on that. I'll have the video out. It's probably not gonna be out till Monday, guys. Because tomorrow's football day, and I it's like my Sabbath. I don't work on Sundays. I'm, I might work on it a little bit before the game, but I doubt it. So it'll probably be out Monday. Sorry, and hey, I please. really hope that they start getting the All-22 out because, yeah. I mean, it didn't even come out until like 4 o'clock Thursday morning, yes. which last and season. I was up, I was up <laughs> as soon as it was out. Uh, it's like you had your spidey sense tingled. Yeah. Like, well, I woke up do. at four and then I was laying there and I got up, checked. It wasn't out yet. And then I checked a half hour later, like I'd been doing every half hour <laughs> for, for, for months since Monday. And, uh, it came out about four, four thirty. Well, it used to be last season. It would be out Tuesdays. Used to, it would come out on Wednesdays at noon. Yeah. And then last year they started coming out Tuesdays about eight o'clock in the morning. Which was great. You know, they gave me yeah. all day Tuesday to get the film work done. And I, I was able to have videos out by Wednesday. But now, yeah, yeah. I hope that's not going to be the norm. No. Buck's no, Twitter no was in a tizzy. Oh, yeah. We all were. <laughs> everybody was like, where is the game film? Oh, well, everybody except for the media because they don't watch it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm done with them. You know, you know what they do talk about, though? Here's what the media is talking about. Besides... Um, uh, the Bruce Arians and Tom Brady drama that they just love. Uh, let's see. They talked about 
Um, I got 10 tweets in a row, tw- 10 tweets in a row, quoting the same thing from Bruce Arians at his press conference. Uh, Chris Godwin is still going through the concussion protocol. Today was part of that protocol, and they'll do more tomorrow, so he's doubtful. Next tweet by another media personality covering the Bucks. Arian said Chris Godwin is making progress while on concussion protocol and will do more work Friday as they decide on whether he can play Sunday. Next tweet after that was from another Bucks media person. Chris Godwin is still going through the concussion protocol. More will be done tomorrow, but Arian says he's still doubtful for Sunday. Right after that, another Bucks sports media person. Head coach Brutes Arians started his press conference by congratulating Lightning head coach. Oh, it, they broke it up a little bit. Anyhow, there was 10 tweets in a row all saying exactly the same thing about Chris Godwin is still in the concussion concussion protocol, uh, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. Basically, they were quoting what the slackest job on the, on the planet. These people are lazy. I mean, all they do is they go there, they have people tell them something, they turn around and they tell us what those people told them. Or they read stats because they sure aren't looking at game film. And then, okay, so we got that. We've got them quoting Press conference people, which we could just watch the press conference and get all that anyhow. You know, press conference is right there on video. We don't need these people to tell us what we can watch. And they're not even there anymore. It used to be no, that no, they would be in the room with them. They're watching the video with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, then besides that, it's uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying. Oh. Yeah. That's what we, we they tweeted all night last night. Really Keep damn politics to... out of my football. I'm going to say it again. These people didn't. Uh, they didn't tweet anything about uh, Scalia dying. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. I haven't done a search on it yet, but I'm pretty sure they didn't. And then it was all kinds of. Ooh, you know, this is a horrible day. Uh, we actually had a couple of the uh, media people say some things like they're so depressed and this is the worst day ever and stuff like that. Uh, Jenna Lane, of course, had a whole bunch of tweets about, you know, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, so, you know, that that's what they're covering. They're not covering the fact that the referees didn't call any holding in a game where there was 19 uncalled holding penalties. <sighs> Don't get me started. All right. Let's, Let's move, move on, on Let's to move the Panthers. On. Okay. We're Ralph, gonna, we're gonna you got closure? Did you get closure? I got closure. <laughs> All right. You got 10 minutes. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> this this podcast might go a little long, everybody. Uh, I just want to touch on some news really briefly. Uh, Shaq Barrett and his wife announced on Instagram that they are expecting their fourth child. Yay. So congratulations to them. Yay. Beautiful family. Uh, we put Anthony Auclair on injured reserve with his calf injury. He'll be eligible to return in week five. So uh, when you're on IR this year, there are special rules. You can only miss, uh, you only have to miss three games mm, yeah. to be considered IR. Yeah. So oh, Hold on. But before you go any further, I wanted to put up another thing that the uh, media is talking about with the Buccaneers. I guess this is Buccaneers related or whatever, but it's from the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, they did an article on, here, here's the title of it. Why do Derek Jeter and Tom Brady need 16 bathrooms in this house? Honestly, that's what they wrote an article on. We covered that in one of the news podcasts, but that that's that's the level of crap we're dealing with with the media. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a joke. It's a joke. Like, Third where's joke. the substance, guys? 
We, uh, where, where, where's the substance? Now, I'm not saying you got to sit and watch game film and analyze game, you know, and all that good stuff and have teams, you know, because everything has its place. You know, it's like stats. Stats are a tool. Stats aren't everything. You can't read stats and tell who's going to win a game, who's going to lose a game. There's a lot of guys that – a lot of them at Tampa Bay Times who are completely stats guys. And then you got other guys who can't stand stats, you know, but it's a tool. You can use it. But none of them do game film. And it's, it's, like I said before, it's like being a police officer and never going to the crime scene because you're just going to read the reports from the crime scene. You know, like, why go to the crime scene? I've got the reports here. You know? It's, it's, it's silly. It's silly. They're not, I, they're not media reporters. They're personality reporters. They're TMZ. That's what they are. Bathrooms. Give me a break. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's okay. I can tell you're worked up about it. Um, Massey Wilkins was signed to the active roster from the practice squad, taking all Claire's roster spot. What happened to all Claire again? Didn't you just tell Calf me? Calf injury. Calf injury. That's right. You were so upset you couldn't even I process what I was saying. I all the blood in my ears. I know. I <laughs> um, and then we also moved Cyril Grayson and Tanner Hudson up. Uh, you know, the rules are you can move two players per week from the practice squad. So yeah. those are our two guys. And Chris Godwin has been downgraded to out for Sunday's game. So we will absolutely not see him with his concussion. All right. So the Panthers. I'm excited about this one and I feel good about it. Um, they did you know Darius Taylor is with the Panthers now? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think we knew that. Here, but, yeah. He went to the Browns last season. He actually started his career at Carolina. So we will see him tomorrow. He's, I think, number two linebacker. Uh, and so they have 10 new starters this year. Of course, they had their coaching change where everybody yeah. uh, was mm-hmm. ousted and replaced. Now, and who, who did they play Sunday? The Raiders. The Raiders, yeah, okay. Raiders are a man man team, so, you know, and and they struggled with them and got beat by them. Yeah, the score was 34 to 30, so I'll kind of go over that in a little bit. Um, They, so I'm going to go through the roster with all these new starting guys. Uh, Robbie Anderson is wide receiver that they added and demoted Curtis Samuel, so last year Curtis was a starter. Robbie Anderson took his job. Uh, Robbie was with the Jets for the last four mm-hmm. years. He's yeah. a um, four, five, this is his fifth year. So he actually had a really good performance against the Raiders last week. He had, let me see. He had 114 yards and a touchdown. He caught six of eight targets from Teddy Bridgewater. So... I don't know if I don't. He's not their number one. Uh, DJ Moore is their number one, but DJ Moore didn't do that great last week. He only had. Let me see. I have so many notes. Uh, fifty-four yards, and he caught four of nine receptions. So, Robbie Anderson can very easily turn out to be Teddy Bridgewater's favorite receiver and make get that number one spot. Fire up your fantasy football. That's right. <laughs> Their offensive line, they retooled, um, but they did get all veterans. So, really, 
How'd yeah. they do that? I don't know. Okay, so at left tackle, they replaced Dennis Daly with Russell Okung, who is an 11-year vet God, from I know. the Rams. He's been in the league forever. At left guard, they've got Michael Schofield, who is a seven-year vet from the Rams also, who replaced Daryl Williams. Hmm. Uh, so Russell and Michael Schofield last year were with the Rams. I don't know if Michael Schofield played left guard there. I didn't look into that. But so these guys have a little bit of familiarity with each other. So that does kind of help them a little bit. Uh, center Matt Paradis, he was there last year and they've kept him this year. And then John Miller, who is right guard. That's an unusual name. <laughs> he is a six-year vet. He came from Cincinnati and replaced Trey Turner. And then their right tackle, Taylor Moten, stayed the same. So they got three new guys on their offensive line. Uh, kind of a big no-no, as mm-hmm. Lovey Smith learned, to yeah. blow up the offensive line. Although <laughs> I think last year they were probably responsible for getting Cam Newton nearly killed. So yeah. that might have been a good idea. Uh, of course, they replaced Cam Newton at quarterback with Teddy Bridgewater who played pretty well last week. Um, They have, of course, Christian McCaffrey at running back. And one of their depth guys, Mike Davis, stayed from last year. And then they added Trenton Cannon, who was with the Jets. And he's been in the league for two years. On defense, they changed. Remember last year they switched to a 3-4? Mm-hmm. From a 4-3, well, now they're back to the 4-3. Ah! Yeah. So, but that's okay because they replaced most of their defense. Um, mm. Of course, on their defensive line, I'm including the outside linebackers here in the 3-4 system. So they lost Gerald McCoy, Kyle Love, Vernon Butler, Mario Addison, and Bruce Irvin. Yeah. Complete overhaul, that team. Yeah. So... Um, they did keep Kawan short, who ended last season on IR. And, of course, he is out this game with an injury, which I'll touch on in a minute. Uh, but their new defensive line consists of Brian Burns, who they drafted in the first round last year. So they've elevated him to starting defensive end. They have a rookie defensive tackle, Derek Brown, who they drafted. I think he was their first round pick. Kawan Short is their starter, and then defensive end Stephen Weatherly, who is a five-year vet from Minnesota. All right. At linebacker, Luke Keekley, of course, retired, thank God. Praise the football gods, Bucks fans. He's gone. Uh, Shaq Thomas is a, a holdover from last year, and he is, beside him, is Tahir Whitehead, who is a nine-year vet from the Raiders. And then they also drafted rookie Jeremy Chin in the second round. At cornerback, they kept Dante Jackson from last year, but they lost James Bradbury, who um, often covered Mike Evans, and he went to the Giants. They replaced him with a rookie, Trey Pride, who they drafted in the fourth round. So Scott Smith seemed to think that um, Trey Pride would be covering Mike tomorrow. A rookie? I know. That's what I said. But in his write-up, he said because 
uh, Chris Godwin was on the other side, Dante Jackson. It oh, didn't make man. sense. But now Chris Godwin is not right. on the other side. Right. Uh, so I don't know what they're going to do there, but we'll see. Uh, at safety, they lost Eric Reed. They did not re-sign him. He was a free agent. They replaced him with Justin Burris, who played with Cleveland last year. And then they brought back Trey Boston. At punter on special teams, they um, replaced Michael Pilardi with a rookie, Joseph Charlton, who was also the holder for the kick return. So, God, how many rookies they got on their team? I know. Starting? Do you say 10? Ten, ten new starters, not all uh. rookies. But I was surprised at how I thought that they would have more rookies than they did. They have a lot of vets hmm. that they brought in. Uh, at kicker, it's the same. They did replace DJ Moore from, at return returner on both punts and kicks with Pharaoh Cooper, who he did pretty well uh, last week against the Raiders. Coming into this week, neither team has a takeaway. That's going to end this week. I hope so. Yeah, Yeah. well, you know, we watched the Raiders-Carolina game. We didn't get any chance to analyze it like we normally do because of all this mess. But, uh, you know, I was kind of impressed that Carolina didn't suck totally bad. But they they weren't lighting things up. And that's against the Raiders. So, you know. I th- I, this is one of those games where we we, we, we kind of have to win. I mean, yeah, if we absolutely. lose to the Panthers at home, uh, yeah, the wheels will fall off this cart. But it's not going to happen. There's no way. There's I no, don't think so. There's no way we could lose. I think we could go out there and field three guys on each side against their 11 and we'd still <laughs> win. Well, let's talk about this. So they have, of course, their – Best weapon is Christian McCaffrey yep. on offense. Yep. And Looking last just like year. Same Christian McCaffrey from last year. Yeah. Although he didn't get the, the, the ball as much. Uh, well, last year, Vina Vea destroyed him. Yeah, remember that? He would he'd tackle him and then land on top of him. <laughs> I know. We, um, last year in our two meetups, we held him to 68 rushing yards in two games. 68 combined? Yes. Nice. And 110 yards from scrimmage. So, of course, he's a pass catching back. Uh, Last week, we held Alvin Kamara to 2.4 yards a carry. So, we're kind of on the same track that we were last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last year, we allowed 3.3 yards a carry. So, Devin White is going to be covering McCaffrey largely tomorrow. So that should be fun. I was impressed with his play. Yeah, he did a good job week. on Kamara. Although they were switching it up, you know, Devin White wasn't on Kamara totally. All the time. Like I said, it was very strange. They would they would drop Barrett into coverage, and he would go over and bump Kamara off his route, and then he'd run back over to the quarterback. Sometimes it was really strange. We had a strange. We did a lot of weird stuff, both defensively and offensively. Hmm. More so defensively. Uh, Carlton Davis held Michael Thomas to tie the fewest yards in a game. Yeah, Carlton Davis career. played very well. So he, Scott Smith is saying he may shadow DJ Moore, who was their top receiver last year. Although, again, DJ only had like 54 yards last week 
and it was Robbie Anderson who caught a lot of the passes, mm-hmm. had the bulk of the yardage. Um, on Carolina's defense, of course, James Bradbury left for the Giants, so Trey Pride is going to cover Evans. They drafted him in the fourth round. He's from Notre Dame. They also signed Eli Apple in the offseason, but he's on injured reserve, so <laughs> that sucks. Wait, who signed Eli Apple? Carolina did. Wasn't he already with Carolina? No. Oh, he's with the Saints. He's with the that's Saints. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, so that was a worthless signing. Way to go, GM. Okay. Just okay. Through my notes. Hold on. Yeah. They've moved Brian Burns up on the line, and so he'll match up against Donovan Smith. We'll see how that goes. Um, last year, his average time to cross the line of scrimmage after the snap was 0.75 seconds, and he was the quickest among all NFL edge rushers. There you go, them stats. <laughs> okay, so their game against Oakland, Teddy Bridgewater went 22 of 34 attempts. He got 269 yards total, a touchdown. He was sacked once for 10 yards and had a 72.6 quarterback rating, a 98.8 passer rating. Wait, what? what? I did not know there was two yeah, separate quarterback categories, quarterback and rating and passer rating. rating. Oh, my gosh. One of them accounts for, like, quality over quantity. I don't care. So, I know. <laughs> well, that's why I did both. Um, I don't want to know Christian McCaffrey had 97 yards, two touchdowns, and 38 receiving yards. So, yeah. he had a yeah. He was Christian on my fantasy football. Day. He was my, my best okay. player. You going to bench him tomorrow? No, I you know <laughs> never sit your studs. I never sit your studs, but I've also got Tampa Bay's defense. I know, and he's playing Tampa Bay, and so I ain't gonna root doing? for him. I know. I don't care. This is just a this is a fun season. I ain't trying to win nothing. Okay. Uh, their defense had no sacks, no quarterback hits. They had Ooh. four passes defended, four TFLs, and sixty-five total tackles. They allowed Derek Carr to go. 22 for 30 for 239 yards, a touchdown. He had a quarterback rating of 69 and a 107.8 passer rating. Carolina Panthers are going to be the NFC South Miami Dolphins for the (laughs) Tom Brady's. On kick return, so this Pharaoh Cooper did pretty good um, returning. He had two returns for 29 total yards. He had a 19-yard long. And for comparison, Deontay Harris last week had four punt returns for 59 yards and an 18-yard long. So um, there were no kick returns, and we had no returns last week. So he just had those punt returns. But uh, they had good field position last week. So I'm, I am a little concerned with our special teams that that's going to be an issue. I hope that they can get it corrected. Yeah. Uh, on kick returns last week, Pharaoh had four returns for 109 yards and a 38-yard long. Hmm. So 
that's a particular concern to me. Yeah. All right. That- All right. Let's run through the injury report, and then you can talk about if you want to... Growl some more. <laughs> Growl some more, or if you have any thoughts on the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, we'll do our uh, prediction for the Panthers game, and then uh, that'll be the end of the podcast. As we touched on earlier with the injury report, Anthony Auclair is out Hello. that calf injury. Okay. I was going to ask how long he was going to be out, but... Three weeks minimum. Yep. Uh, Chris Godwin is out with the concussion. And Mike Evans, he's on there with the hamstring. He's fine. JPP didn't practice on Thursday. Came back Friday full practice, but it wasn't injury-related. Sue had the day off on Friday, not injury-related. They're playing. Donovan Smith was on the injury report. He was limited Thursday and returned to practice Friday. So he's fine. And then Jordan Whitehead had an elbow injury. He was a full participant Friday, and he's fine. He's good to go. So all clear and Godwin are the yep. only? That's it. Okay. On Carolina's side, their guard, Dennis Daly, he's a backup. Uh, he's out with an angle injury. Defensive end, I hate this name. I can't say it. Yeter Grossmontos. He has a eye. Grossmontos? Yeah, Grossmontos. Okay. It's like hyphenated. He's got a an eye injury slash concussion. So he's out. And then defensive tackle Kawan Short has a foot injury. He's out. Pharaoh Cooper has a rib injury. He was full participant on Friday. Cornerback Dante Jackson had an ankle injury. He is a full participant. Linebacker Shaq Thompson has a groin injury. He participated fully on Friday. And then defensive end Steven Weatherly had a hamstring, and he was good to go on Friday. So the only three guys out are Dennis Daly, the guard, defensive end Eater Grossmatos, and then Kawan Short. Wait, Kawan Short's not playing. That's right. Okay. Correct. So there we go. We've got our lineup for tomorrow. One o'clock. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, the Bucks. Yeah. All right. We both like, agree with no that. Question. Give us a score. What do you got, Molly? Okay. Oh, uh, how did we do last week? We never oh, did cover. Not great. Yeah, I don't think we did that bad. We just uh, it was flipped around. <laughs> we both picked the Bucks to win. Do you remember? No, I, I, thought you wrote I don't it down. know. I did write it down, but I can't pull up my notes right now. Okay. It freezes my computer, and then we—it's very slow computer. Okay. So, okay. what are you predicting for? Tomorrow? I am going to say. Um. Bucks. Bucks. Thirty-one. Carolina. Twenty. You think they're going to get 20 points? All right. You know what? Since I'm angry and <clears throat> I don't like the Panthers anyhow, I'm going to say Bucks 42. No, no, screw that. 45. Okay. And we'll do that in honor of Devin White and uh, Carolina 10. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's if they don't hire the referees to throw the game for them. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, 1 o'clock tomorrow. Let's watch a whooping up on the Panthers, the kittens. 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm actually thinking about doing a write-in campaign to Roger Goodell about the referees. Uh, uh, I'll let you know. I'm, I'm a letter writer guy. I, I love to write letters to people and grouse at them. That's my new word of the day, grouse. So I'll let you know about that if we can get a bunch of people to send Roger Goodell some bad vibes. Let him know that, you know. Strongly worded emails. Yeah, strongly worded emails. Let him know that, hey, get your refs under control there, buddy. Anything else? That'll do it. All righty. Tomorrow, Bucks. Let's do this. Buck Nation, think positive. Till next time. Go Bucks.